This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I am a Dr. E.J. Buckhart, and I am the Dean of the Bible School here at World Ministries International, and I am filling in for Dr. Hansen. He is still out of town with his daughter, who is basically in recovery, and should be he should be coming back next week. Praise the Lord. We're living in a time in America and around the world that we see so many nations defiled. And my question is, what defiles a nation? What defiles America? And what does the Bible have to say about it? The Bible has a lot to say about it. Uh, The biblical references that I will be using is Leviticus 18, 24 through 30. That's Leviticus 18, 24 through 30. Romans 1, 18 through 32. That's Romans 1, 18 through 32. And Ephesians 5, 1 through 21. Ephesians 5, 1 through 21. It's kind of interesting in here as we're talking about what defiles a nation. We find reference in the Old Testament, and we find references in the New Testament. So things have not changed in what defiles a nation. In chapter 18 of Leviticus, it's talking about sexual sins. And then at the end of that, at 20 verse 24, it says, Defile not yourself in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. And the land is defiled, therefore I do visit the iniquity therefore upon it, and land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. We shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, and shall not commit any of these abominations, neither any of your own nation, nor any stranger that sojourns among you. For all these abominations have the men of the land done, which will be for you, and the land is defiled. For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Therefore you shall keep my ordinance, And commit not any of these abominable customs which were committed before you, and that you defile not yourself therein. I am the Lord your God. I think it's pretty simple that the Bible comes out and says why nations are defiled. If we go now to Romans, 
chapter 1. This is a message which many will not like, especially those that are living in sin and in abomination. There are those that do that that say that they just throw Romans basically out of the book. Leviticus, they have an answer to it. They say, well, that's the Old Testament. Now, we're talking about Christians that are in defilement. The Old Testament has been replaced by the New. So therefore, Leviticus doesn't count. But then we look at Romans. And we look at Ephesians. So that kind of throws that out. Now, Romans 1, starting with verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. The wrath of God who holds, holds them in, that hold unrighteousness. People who know the truth of God's word but live an ungodly lifestyle. Now, Paul is writing to those who know God but are living in sins. This is who he's writing to. He's writing to the church in a, in a certain way. He's writing to the Romans church. And this is, I think, important that we know that, that there are many, many that call themselves Christians in this society that are not really living according to the statutes of the Lord and are actually living in abomination. Verse 20b It says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made, even his eternal power on the Godhead. So they are without excuse. In other words, my point here is what he's saying is those Christians who are living in this type of abomination and living in this and promoting this, are without excuse. And we'll see later, when he holds you without excuse, he can turn you against the chance of ever turning to the truth. Very dangerous. We are living in various times as a church. I was listening to a video today, and the lady who was speaking, a very excellent person, made a comment that it's the church, the Christians, that are going to stop this nation going downhill. That's the only answer. And of course, we've heard Dr. Hansen say that too. You know, it's the church. Now he says, without excuse, he says, man is held responsible without an excuse. There's a couple in here that know I, that we hear from Dr. Hansen, I don't want your excuses. <laughs> I don't want your excuses. Well, God says, here, I do, I do not want to hear excuses. The only thing he wants to hear is, I have sinned and I need repentance. Now, that seems to be a very, very simple thing to say, yeah, I screwed up. I sinned and I need to repent. Repentance is not easy because you have to admit you screwed up. And a lot of times you don't like people know that you, 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 you haven't done it right. Well, I like the lifestyle I'm living. I'm not going to change because I enjoy it. Temporary pleasure. And then he says, if you have not sinned, and hopefully that's where we're at, he wants you to worship and praise and give him the glory. 
He says, you without excuse. But because of that, that when they knew God, they glorified not him as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in the imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So we read there, it says, first of all, we, they did not glorify God. They weren't thankful, folks. And they operated in vain, and they had a foolish heart. In verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Verse 23, and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible men, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. God said that they believed in themselves and gave them, and God then gave them over to uncleanness through the lust of their heart. It's almost as if they're saying, God says, okay, I'll just pull back. When you repent, I'll come back in. If our nation would repent, like Nineveh, from the top down or from the bottom up, whichever way you want to go, if it will repent, God will come back in and bring the blessing. If they don't repent, he's already said, I'm not going to touch you. Now, that's kind of dangerous if you stop to think about it when you say that God's not going to touch me or change me. I have to change. But God gave us the power of the Holy Spirit to make that change. So we're not helpless. We just got to overcome our selfishness. In verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the cre creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. We are in a society where we worship the creation more than the creator. God doesn't want us to worship his creation. He wants us to enjoy his creation, but he wants to give him the glory for he is the creator. And so all the environmentalists out there, even though some environmentalists is good, we need to take care. We're supposed to take dominion of this country, our property that we have, our resources that we have. It's our responsibility to do with them properly. But when they become more important than God, we have a problem. In verse 26, I'm going to go in some definitions here. For this cause, this cause, God gave them up to vile afflic afflictions. For even their women did change for natural use to that which is against nature. We're talking about lesbianism. It's right here in Romans. I don't know how they can get away with it and say it's not in it, in it but it is. It's right here in Romans. Now, vile, what does vile mean? He says vile, it means physical repulsive, morally unacceptable, evil, immoral, rotten, sinful, unethical, unlawful, wicked, and wrong. That's vile affections. And for this cause, God they gave up to them 
vile affections. Verse 28. Oh, I, I skipped 27. This is a good one. You know what the word flamer means? You ever heard the word the flamer in our society? If people Who are called flamers? Homosexuals. The homosexuals are called flamers. And they're proud of it that they're flaming. Where did that come from? Aha! Guess what, folks? You know the Bible. <laughs> Satan knows the Bible too, right? But anyway, verse 27. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of a woman, burned, burned, flamed, burned, in their lust one towards another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense for the error which was meet. In 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, in other words, they kicked God out, they don't want anything to do with God, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. God gave them over. So when you're dealing with some of these people, their sin is so great, but we can still love the sinner, but God gave them over. And a lot of people say, well, the devil took over them. Well, yeah, that's true too. But also it says God gave them over. Why does he take a lot of people and put them into a situation that they can't get out of? They get to the bottom of the barrel. Why does God allow that to happen? So that they will repent and come to know him as your Lord and Savior. So God allows those things. What does the word unseemly mean? That means not proper, inappropriate, and amiss. Reptobate. It's interesting. I looked this one up in the dictionary, and all they talked about was Christian theology. <laughs> the Christian theology says, teaches that a man can reject the gospel to a point where God in turn rejects them and curses their conscience. Convenient. That's fitting well with a person's needs or plans activity. He says in verse, or at the end of that verse, that things which are not convenient. In other words, things that, that are fitting well with a person's need and planning activities, that's the opposite. Because he says they are not convenient. They are not well to a person's need. They are not well to planned activities. Verse 29. And being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetous, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, whispering, Goes on to backbiting, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, invented of evil things, and disobedient to the parents. Does this describe anything in our society today? Maliciousness means deliberately harmful. Desire to cause pain for the satisfaction of doing harm. BLM. Antifa. I think fit that definition. Causing pain for the satisfaction of doing harm. Now, most of us would say we don't want to harm people, but God has given them over to a reprobate mind to the point where they will. Verse 31. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural flexion, implacable and unmerciful. Implacable is unreasonably immovable in the process or the will to describe someone who has strong opinions of feelings that are impossible to change. You hear so much in the news, talk show hosts, they talk about the 
liberal deals that you can argue with them, but it won't do any good because you can't change them. They've already made up their mind, and there's nothing that they, you can say to change their hearts. We as Christians know that there is someone who can change their hearts, and that's the Lord through the Holy Spirit. And then verse 31, it says, But they have pleasure in them that do them. In other words, it's just not those that are committing these abominable sins, but it's those who approve of your friends who are doing it and continue to have association with them. I don't feel you know Pastor Hutch. He died here quite a while. He's a famous football player for the Seahawks, and he had a church, a powerful church. And he had some people in his church, couples, that were living in fornication. And he called them out. He says, sin, you need to repent. They refused to repent. They liked their lifestyle. So he says, there's the door, you're out. But he didn't stop there. Then he turned around to the congregation and says, let me you people, they're your friends. Don't you ever do anything with them. When you see them, just ask them, have you repented? His church grew, by the way. But he was strong in that. And as a first pastor, I've ever seen that, you know, don't go patching these people in the back and the pastor's a little mean to you. He's a little hard on you. Don't worry about that. We love you. We care for you. No, 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 no. That's not the God that we serve. You need to repent. And in Ephesians 5, 5 through 6, which we'll get to in a little bit, it says, Do not be associated with children of disobedience. And the verse 11 says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful work of darkness, but rather reprove them. And this is what Pastor Hutch was doing. Dr. Hans has been doing the same thing. We need to reprove them. That doesn't mean we're going, we want to throw them out and kill them, but we want them to come to repentance. But they have to understand that. And if you condone them in your church, you have a problem, because you're condoning them, and the Bible says don't do that. God will hold us responsible for that. We don't need to look this one up, but back in Deuteronomy 32 and 33, the commandments and instructions for a good life, and I'll just kind of go over them. The purpose of God's commandment is, number one, that you may live. Number two, that it may go well with you. Number three, you may have a long life. And four, you may have your needs met. Is this not what we desire in life? Even the unrighteous people desire this in life, the worldly people. Once again, one that you may live. That's why we have commandment instruction to do a good life, to follow them. That you may live. Two, that it may go well with you. Three, you may have a long life and you will have your needs met. Let's go to Ephesians 5, 1 through 21. And verse 2. How are we to work, to live in a society that's defiant? Number one, two says, walk in love as Christ has loved us and has given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God with a sweet smelling flavor. And three, but fortification and all uncleanness and uncovenance, let it not be once named among you. Let it not be named among you as you have become saints. Four, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. We need to be thankful. 
And do you drop down to 11 and 12? 11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful workers of darkness, but rather reprove them. It doesn't say cast them out, don't have any contact with them. It basically says reprove them. And I think like Pastor Hutch did it so well. He says, the only question you asked him, have you repented? And when they repented, you're welcome back into the church. And you'll have a testimony to give. Twelve, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Wow. Television, internet, talks all about this stuff. It shows all of the immorality in the sins that people are committing, women with women, men with men, men and women that are not married. It's just full of it. It's just, and we're not, it says here, but don't even speak of those things which are done in secret. And in verse 14, basically, we must arise and let Jesus give us the light. Arise and let Christ arise within it. We sent a song last Sunday, or last Saturday. At the service, arise, arise. I don't know the rest of it, but I know that much of it. That was good. <clears throat> and why? Because in verse 16, it says, the days are evil. No kidding. Back then and now, times have not changed. There's nothing new under the sun. Paul, here is writing back at the time of Christ, after his death, and all this stuff was going on then. It's nothing new. And then before that was Sodom and Gomorrah. And now, what are we seeing here? We're starting to praise the lesbian, the LGBTQ, uh, men who become women or, and then compete against them. Totally, totally wrong. And, and if we're approving of that, I think God's going to slap our face. And maybe a little bit more. So we've got to stand strong and arise and let the light of Jesus 17, you need to know and seek God's will. Number 19, praise and worship him. 20, give thanks to him. 21, fellowship and submit yourself to each other in the fear of the Lord. Don't be a long ranger out there. Submit yourself to others. Work together. Pray together. Go out together. Now I got a note here, three minutes, I can look at the clock. Right there it is. Okay, during the 2018 midterms elections, it was reported in Atlanta that 90% of the votes went Democratic. Now, there must have been some born-again, spirit-filled believers or Christians within that 90% who voted with them against all biblical principles. And this holds true for the same in our large cities. Mario Morello made this statement. America is seeing once again the damage done by Christians detached from the Bible. You raise your hands in worship, you sit in church and open your Bibles and declare it to be the word of God, and then you go out and vote for the avowed enemy of the Bible. A famous Christian Western singer was asked why she supported same-sex marriage. She says, my pastor told me not to judge. This shows, as Dr. Hansen states, the problem in America is the pastor behind the pulpit. That doesn't give us off the hook either, by the way, because we're ministers ourselves. And it is the church which can save the country and not the government. Many Christians can't fathom what is wrong with so many things that the God word calls sin. What's wrong with it? 
They are simply influenced by the culture instead of the absolute truth of the word of God. Second Chronicles 7.14, which most Christians know by heart, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal the lands. If my people will humble themselves, pray, seek, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal the lands. So again, the original question, what defiles a nation? It's the sins of abomination, the removal of the commandments of God, removal of the Bible from school, removal of prayer. As Dr. Hansen has taught, and I've been with him over 20 years, and he keeps teaching this, there's four sins that bring judgment upon a nation. Number one, idolatry, taking God out of your country. Number two, immorality. Do I need to say more in our society? Number three, the killing of the innocent, abortion. And number four, dividing the land of Israel. So ladies, if you want to know why our nation is not being blessed, just read what I've read. Take it to heart. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.